Hi, you found the Bomb Podcast. For streaming videos, web exclusive interviews, and more, check out bombsite.com. In today's podcast, painter Dana Schutz is interviewed by short story writer Mei Chin in front of a live audience at the New York Academy of Art on November 2nd, 2005. So I'm just going to sort of start off with a really pragmatic question. I wanted to know, sort of, as an artist, how you structure your day. Well, it's weird. I feel like I, I'm more of a, a night painter. Like, I like to paint at night. So you, usually I'll kind of wake up uh, later, and like around maybe 11 or noon, and then I go in, I'll usually get coffee, and then go into the studio, and then... Sometimes I listen to well, I listen to a lot of talk radio during the day. In okay, this, which, in this studio, which is a privilege. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's nice. So I'll like turn on that. Sometimes it'll be like uh, NPR or Air America. I used to listen to like if I was painting really late at night, listen to like right wing talk radio just to get really angry. Sometimes <laughs> and it would like really keep you up, you know, like late. And then so I'll start, and then I don't know. I kind of usually before I start making a painting, I'll. I'll sketch or I'll write, or sometimes I'll like write lists, um, either ideas for paintings or, um, and they'll kind of be descriptive lists, kind of, and, you know, and sometimes it, like, they won't end up being paintings that will be made, but, you know, like, you know, paint a girl with a, a bird mouth or something, right. or, you know, just, just ideas or a time machine or something, <laughs> and, and, um, and that, that'll start uh, getting things going, but usually then I'll mix paint for like a really long time, and then and then start painting. But I'll, I'll go out and... Uh, I work... Actually, I moved from Harlem to, to Brooklyn, New York. I'm in a studio building with a lot of people who... A lot of great artists and people who I'd gone to school with. So it's nice. It's kind of social, so there's a lot of social activity in the day. So, and you can still go back in and, and work, you know. But at the same thing. time, it's a bit like a dormitory, you know, where you, you can't feel too much like a slacker. Right. Well, you see, like, yeah, it's nice because you can see people working and then take a break and, and talk about things too, or, or you know, get opinions. And <laughs> it's what boring. You, I mean, the idea of, I mean, I guess, I guess the idea is, is that, I mean, do you ever get blocked? Um, I mean, as as an artist, do you, do you, do you ever sort of just, I can't, I can't work for a week or I can't work mm-hmm. for a month, and how do you deal with that? Well, I always, I feel like if I'm not painting, I get really tense a lot of times, but I will get blocked. Like right now, I almost feel kind of blocked, you know, but it's, I think to get out of it, sometimes I'll, that, I usually, that's when I start writing and, and thinking, you know, about different ideas, but a lot of times I'll sort of respond to, to, um, you know, things I've just made or, you know, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the process, you know, like that kind of you know, getting really frustrated and then starting to get a bunch of ideas, you know, after that. Well, you're definitely one of sort of, I don't know, um, I don't know how to say it, but you're definitely one of the more fictional, um, I mean, you're definitely a very fictional artist, and it's, I mean, obviously every artist is fictional, but a lot of your paintings, I feel as though you've invented not only the scenes, but even the faces and the characters that you put in. And I think that I've read in a few interviews that you you actually give them their own backstories. Can you give me? Can yeah. You well, I've never I've never really like 
I never want there to be a lot of backstory, like where you, you know, you have to know the whole story to get the painting. Like I always feel like, um, you know, whatever is in the painting is what, what you see, you know, like what you see is what you get. <laughs> it's a painting of a person eating their hands and, and they're eating their hands. But I, I, lots of times I do like, I'll invent kind of uh, hypothetical situations and they're, I never want them to be, um, and I always feel like they're kind of logical. For example, with the people who could eat themselves, it was, maybe that one's not so logical. <laughs> um, with, with the man, like the last man on earth from observation, it was this, um, it came from sort of the question of like, you know, what would, what would this person look like if there was only one person to sort of say who he looks like, sort of one audience member, and he would be the only audience member for the painting. And then, and it wasn't, the paintings never sort of went into too much of a narrative about like, you know, how would we find food or what would we do together? It was more like him as a subject and how he would sort of change in each painting. Like each painting he was sort of different each time or, you know, like what would happen if I got really sick of him and, you know, then I could sort of take him apart and, and build other things out of him. But he was a material that was there. But you gave him a narrative, and I mean, I'm actually curious with with your series, um, your self eater series, your Frank, the mm-hmm. you know Last Man on Earth series. Um, whether you you begin with an end in mind. Yeah, usually. Well, the thing the thing about Frank was that he he sort of he could be sort of killed off and could always sort of come back to life. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of also felt because there was a lot of horizon in that painting that you know like time could be really malleable, like um, and there wasn't really any events going on so that it couldn't there was no sort of markers of time and there was never really any clear end in mind or really a beginning like I never really thought oh well this is how we all ended up getting there or there was this big explosion and then you know I mean I sort of thought about maybe what he did before he was there what did he do well I thought maybe he worked in an office because I thought well then he you know he kind of had a grown-out comb over or something like so it was like Information like that, like that, I would think about. And he kind of had a kind of old work shirt or something at at one point, but he kind of only had a chair and a shirt, and then he had no shirt at all. <laughs> so, and the chair could become like any any number of things, you know. And did you feel like you were being mean to Frank at any point? Not really. I mean, I didn't really... Because um... you sort of disassembled him, killed him a number of times. And, I mean, is there any element of Frank that is, you know, in... Frank. No. no, no, I didn't. I never... Um, I didn't really... I think in, in some cases he was either... Mostly he was either posing for me or... Um, but he was kind of always out of it in all of the paintings. So, And then there's the kind of the idea of, like, well, maybe he doesn't even exist anyway, because who's to say... If there's just two people, like you know, how do you always need someone to sort of check reality with? So he, yeah, he. I I don't know. I never really felt I was being really that mean to him, you know, because he was he could always come back to life anyway. Yes, but that would be your decision. Yeah. No, I didn't. I yeah. No, I I don't know. I never. There's moments where I kind of empathized with him, you know, like if, if he was really sunburnt or, you know, I. I could feel like it could be almost like an empathetic portrait, but I never felt really any guilt about taking him apart because I always felt like oh he he'd just become something else and then kind of just more about making the picture or, or the painting. Right. Okay. So I was I was looking at your self-portrait as pachyderm, which I think um, a lot of people have seen as being very sad, but I got 
I interpret it differently because you're sort of hiding behind all these layers of skin, whereas all of your subjects, I mean, I think you're fascinated with subject skin and you're fascinated with sort of skin tone and what you can do with it. And um, I don't know, do you think it's an artist's privilege to be able to hide behind layers of skin while you strip your subject's skin away? Well, with that painting, I, yeah, I never. I thought that painting was more liberating in a way because it was sort of like like a rhinoceros skin, but I was still sort of kind of happy in the picture or something. But you're essentially hiding, whereas yeah. a lot of your subjects are stripped and naked and vulnerable. I guess maybe that could be part of it in that painting. I, it, the thing with the um, there's a, sort of a, a swell in the painting where it was sort of a, a lot of paint sort of built up underneath, and and I follow. I had done that before in other paintings where it would like parts of the painting would sort of protrude but it would it would kind of be in in places where you know like something should protrude in a picture but within that I kind of liked how it was sort of more irrational so I guess like the skin was kind of covering something but um yeah I never really I don't know it's it's funny I never I kind of never thought of it as like kind of a, a real uh personal painting in a way like you know in terms of its kind of Maybe there was a little bit of that there in some way. I'm probably embarrassed to say it. <laughs> but I, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, it's a self-portrait, but it's sort of also as something that's kind of built, too, like, um, you know, that I was sort of building as I was painting it. Yeah, but it's a self-portrait as you hiding behind a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, don't know. maybe that was my interpretation. Yeah, of it, I don't but. know. I, well, I kind of thought about it like it was kind of, in, in some ways, it was it was kind of a sculptural portrait, in some way. It, I mean, it was kind of like I could, if I it was sort of neither male or female or or, or anything. I was just kind of like uh, this lumpy figure or something. But it's a lumpy but, figure. But I mean, I guess it is. It's it's the question of whether you feel as though you can play God, in your paintings and your creations. Yeah, I I, well, I think that's definitely there, in terms of like how like. Uh, like situations where there, there definitely is a maker in the painting, or it alludes to a kind of maker, but there's never any sort of real beginning, like um, this was the beginning of the world or anything. But yeah, I, I definitely, I like doing that. I think when I make the paintings, I, I, I do that, so like, I'll like kind of paint a space and then, and then sort of put, put things in it, you know? Because I don't really paint from photographic sources, so there is sort of this feeling that you can, you know, really put anything in the space of the painting or kind of make any space that they, you know you want to make so where did you get sort of all your crazy landscapes I mean I mean I just I always see it as really jungle and you know I see you as a Michigan girl who kind of did Norwich and didn't go to the Cleveland and, and and New York and didn't go to the jungle so um where where did that come from well initially I started painting woods because I, I thought it could be this I was thinking about abstract painting a lot, and you know, I'm not an abstract painter, but I was interested in it mainly because, especially kind of painterly abstract painting, because I was sort of wondering kind of what it could mean today, because <laughs> there's no real dominant belief system, and I always feel like kind of abstract painting, at least in America, was really overdetermined, and and now that it, there's this feeling that anything is sort of possible now, or so, or you people, like artists can do so many different things, so you know, I, I was thinking about it and, and I, so I wanted to make these paintings I think that that was and I never ended up really making fully abstract paintings but 
I kind of liked the space of the woods because it was really chaotic. And, it was, and it's not that I'm not interested in the difference between abstraction or representation, but it was really this kind of continuum. Like it was a really sort of where something could be realized in one you know, area or something could be in a kind of represented in a, in a different way in another area. Because you could never kind of see the whole woods you know, all at one time. So I think it was a way to sort of fragment the picture. You know, a, a while ago, it was really tough for me because I would always think of, like, the thing I wanted to paint. And then, then there was a problem of thinking of, like, well, where is it? Like, like what kind of space is it in? And so, I, so sometimes I would think about, like, landscapes from Michigan or, or places I had been just to start to begin the picture. And I think that's, that's part of the, the beginning of the painting, this kind of thing. You know, well, what is this thing and where is it and, and what's going on? Like, what's the weather like or something? <laughs> How did it start? I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to be a painter and you were in Michigan and, you know, blah, blah, whatever age? And, you know, and when did you start creating these fantasies? And did you think that Michigan had something to do with these fantasies or those woods? And yeah. Well, initially, I never, you know, I didn't, I used to play the flute, like, in high school. <laughs> and then, and then it, there was, like, this... Um, my mom was like a junior high art teacher, and I always thought that I didn't want to, you know, make art kind of because she did or something. Mm-hmm. But I think it was around, you know, when I was in high school, and it was just really exciting because, like, my, my parents were really cool because they, they just, like, I could use the basement and, and just go down there and, and have my own sort of space. And so, you know, that was, it was just really fun because it felt like something that I was involved in, and I didn't know very many other people who were involved in it, and I thought it was really romantic at first, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. Then I went to art school at, at the Cleveland Institute of Art. And, you know, I kind of liked the idea of being an artist because it was like this thing of like, well, whatever you put into it is what you can get out of it. Like if you really, I don't know, like, well, I guess whatever you put into chemistry is what you could get out of it. But <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, you were kind of in, in control of, of what you were doing by making art. That was really interesting for me. So... Then I went to school at the Cleveland Institute of Art, and I always really wanted to come to New York because, I mean, I think that was something that I also kind of romanticized too was um, New York City. So then, you know, moving here was really, really great too. But I was, I kind of really, I stopped playing the flute. So, I mean, did you start? Did you start painting? Did you? I mean, like, was was painting the first thing? Was abstraction the first thing? What? What? what I mean, what was your it was always, I mean, you know, I was like in high school, so like expressionism was really exciting because, you know, I think it was that thing of, um, you know, it was really melodramatic and I was probably really melodramatic in high school. You know, so it, that was, I was looking at a lot of those um, paintings and I'd always sort of be collecting all these books. And, and my mom, like she had a, sort of a box of old paints or something and she sort of never really told me how to clean off the brushes. So I they kind of dried up into kind of these sticks and then I ended up just sort of painting with my hands for a really long time and then till I went to art school and then I felt stupid about painting with my hands <laughs> so then I stopped that and everything but but that was kind of how it started but where did sort of I don't know where did where did the visions come from I mean I guess as, as a writer I mean there's always a temptation for me to say okay Dana well you know where in your past is I don't think of you as a particularly yeah. morbid painter, but I think possibly people could. Um, where does it come from? Well, I never think of them as being like autobiographical, like like sort of like about my life or about 
so much about my experiences. I don't know, except for recently I started painting a few things that were in my life, but it was, it was like I painted a picture of my landlord. Oh, you know, no, no, no. I want to talk about the landlord because I want to know about him later. But yeah, but, but they, um, but yeah, mostly I, I sort of make decisions, and a lot of times I'll think in terms of like adjectives or adverbs, like you know, this person is sort of like this, or or um, you know, his nose comes down in a certain way, or you. I don't know. I, I guess I never. I don't think that they like. I'll sort of just construct them as they go along, or they'll kind of relate to the situation. A lot of the, I tend to put things in a box when I'm painting. So like, like you know, there'll be the the format of the of the canvas is always really important to me. Kind of like mm-hmm. how things are are structured within it and stuff. So, um, and that I, I get a lot of decisions. You know, think of, make a lot of decisions from that too. I mean, that sounds very boring. <laughs> I think of a rectangle. Rectangle. But your last, I mean, your last, like your last exhibit was called Teeth Dreams, and you know, yeah. I mean, that's the idea of dreams and the idea of neurosis and the idea of paranoia. I mean, it does it does it come from yourself, or did you pick it up in a book? Or well, with that one, I was I was thinking about a situation that I was actually thinking about, like what's going on right now, like within the world, and those those paintings were actually less uh, serial, so. Um, you know, so in some cases I was taking things that were happening in the media or um, uh, that I was sort of thinking of as distractions but sort of symptoms for contemporary situations and sort of the idea of myth or or how how things, I don't know, like like for example, like I painted a picture of a men's retreat and it was I was thinking about it like, you know, there's these situations. What's the guy doing? In, what are the two guys doing in the corner, by the way, in the men's oh, retreat? Oh, face, they're face painting. Oh, so they're, I thought he was Scottish. Okay, yeah. yeah, they're having a moment. Okay. No, but I was thinking, like, the, you know, that's a situation I could never really have access to or I could never really go there. And I was sort of wondered what goes on at, at those retreats anyway. Like, what are they? They're kind of these elite places where they invite people, men, to go to. That became like a sort of site to almost like um, begin to imagine what could go on there. Or um, there's a painting of like the autopsy of Michael Jackson. So, mm. and, and I, that was a weird painting for me because I, I didn't really think about it. You know, because at one point, you know, I was really skeptical. I'm like, oh, well, everyone's just talking about Michael Jackson, but like all this other stuff is going on that we're not really hearing about. And, and But in some ways, he's like the most sort of self-made man there is to the point of it becoming maybe really scary but I was also thinking about it too like you know here's this um, I guess in some way like a contemporary monster in, in some way like he's such a cultural creation and but he's alive <laughs> so, but I was thinking he probably will die in my lifetime so in 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 that <laughs> and in that painting I was actually sort of thinking about photography like like almost like a picture that that hasn't been taken yet, but will be. Or something. Probably, okay. You know, it was weird when I was painting it because there's all these questions. I'm like, okay, so Michael Jackson dies. Like, how, you know, how old is he, and what what sort of like shape is he in when he dies finally, and and then what does he look like naked? <laughs> you know, but then when I started painting it, I started to have all this sort of. I felt very funny about it, you know, like because it was sort of, you know, I felt like one of those people who was like actually really interested in that whole sensation and everything but he ended up just kind of looking much more like just kind of like a dead man but he did sort of have like leg extensions but I thought of him as sort of like a site for um, 
I think he represents a lot of things about America, you know, in some way, like, like whether it's like um, preserved. Pardon? Preserved. Well, no, but I mean, there's like the whole like preserved like, and remade. Yeah, but there's the whole kind of like uh, craziness about like plastic surgery, like celebrity. You know, he's sort of like you don't know if he's black or white. There's like all these sorts of. In some ways, he was sort of like this weird sort of symbol, and so I was thinking of him like a site. We just sort of started recently incorporating well-known sort of figures in your works. What was the motive behind that? Like Michael Jackson or PJ Harvey? It was oh, yeah. PJ or, well, she was, was PJ earlier Harvey. on. She was earlier on, okay. And I was thinking that that painting was more like performance in a way, too. Well, The Breeders was earlier on as well, and that was cool, because that was Frank, wasn't it, Frank? Yeah, well, I... Being I, disassembled as The Breeders. Well, with that painting, I sort of, I thought initially that I would make all these paintings of Frank, and he'd be different in um, each one, and then I sort of got really antsy about it, so I, I ended up, I, I, I thought, well, maybe he could be, you know, I could turn him into other people, or he could be have a, like a group of people with a function, you know, like a, like a rock band, and and I was interested in that that like, you couldn't really ex- um, exactly like represent music and painting, or there was like this you could try, but it, you know it always it would be very hard to do. <laughs> and I was thinking about it that you know he could be. I, I wanted at that point I had that was like the last CD that I had gotten was like a breeder CD because mm-hmm. I was thinking about like well what could he turned into like the Rolling Stones I'm like oh that's really lame but like and and I kind of didn't know about the painting either I'm like this could get really corny but like I was you know I like the idea that they were both two women and and that it'd be sort of like taking him apart to make to make them and in that way that you know he wouldn't be the audience anymore for the for the paintings in that situation but it would like I would be the audience then and I don't know like that kind of being on stage or like that, that uh, it's like kind of, well, it just addresses an audience. So I thought, well, how would I make them? So I thought, well, maybe that could, two halves of his body could be like the base for the women or, you know, I could only remember, really knew what two of the people in the band looked like. So I thought, well, it'll just be the two, the two girls, you know, which I like that better. But. And then the painting of P.J. Harvey, I was interested in sort of, um, I thought maybe she could sort of be built or something. I was sort of thinking about her like being this kind of goddess type of person. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think for me, that there was like even painting it became sort of a, this kind of performance. I never really know exactly what to say about that painting or mm-hmm. about those paintings of like the, the big women musicians in a way, other than I was interested in painting them because I thought that they were strong women. And I kind of wanted to sort of approximate their kind of their music with the paintings. So that was um, the kind of that was the attempt. Have you ever experimented with sculpture? Because so many of your characters—I'm going to call them characters—seem to be sculpting or be sculpted, um, whether it's out of their own shit or whether it's you know out of you know body parts. Or um, have you done that yourself? Um, well, I have made sculpture before, and I'm thinking about doing it now, but I mean, I, I think when I was thinking about the paintings, I liked it because they, you know, you didn't have to worry about gravity in the paintings, <laughs> like when you're painting sculptural objects, or they're kind of in between being, they're standing for something real, but kind of also something material too. Yeah, I definitely, I want to, I want to make sculptures like now, but I, for me, I always have this problem with that where I think about like, well, where does the sculpture really end then, you know, because I end up thinking about like, 
Like, should it be on a base or, like, not? Is that the end of, you know, the dividing element between reality and the sculpture? Or, like, how does a sculpture kind of negotiate reality, you know? And I don't know. I feel like in the paintings I sort of propose a reality, but initially, and then it can go off from there, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, don't, I never think about them as being surreal because I think that, you know, they're kind of set up to be almost like, like fact to begin with. Yeah, but I definitely want to make sculptures. I don't know what I'd make them out of. I was just going to say, what's going to be your chosen material? I don't know. I guess it's it's so typical, right, for like painters to make sculptures out of clay. So I don't know, like, but I mean, I I think that I'd feel more comfortable. Or maybe you can eat yourself and you know defecate and. Yeah, that would be nasty. Probably not. Um, Dirt sculptures. Dirt sculptures. Yeah, no. (laughs) Steel, polished steel. No. The one thing that I've actually been dying to ask you is, of course, I mean, we're, we're talking earlier on about sort of, I don't know, your imagination and where that must have come from. Did you read fairy tales when you were a kid? Because that's sort of something that always comes up when I look at your paintings. When, well, when I was a kid, I did read fairy tales, but I never, I don't, I don't know, I never think of the paintings as being, in some ways I feel like they could relate more to sort of, uh, satire. I was really upset when I made this painting of like a uh, gravity fanatic and, and I was wanted to paint that because I thought well that would be one of the hardest things to be a fanatic of is, is gravity and then like sort of like how would I paint that and um, and, then some, and, and then it started to look like kind of Gulliver's Travels kind of situation and, um, and I, I didn't like that as much but <laughs> but then but then I was fine with it because it you know I kind of like that that story but that um but yeah I don't I don't think of the paintings as being so much like fairy tales I think when I think about the information that's going on in them you know I'll, I'll start with a set of circumstances and then and then try to imagine how it goes on from there so like for example like a person who could um eat their head or something like I imagine that that would be a really hard thing to do you know and then like how would that happen and then how would I begin to paint that you know like like where would how would that whole process begin? Where did that come from? I mean, I want to get into self eaters because I love the self eaters. I mean, oh yeah, well, well that it came from you know I was making these paintings. I was like thinking about abstract painting and painting large women, and like and I was sort of feeling like man I don't know you know I was kind of feeling really lost and I was making all these drawings. Um, I guess this is where it starts to get personal because I was starting to feel like really tense you know. At that point, there weren't a lot of other people in the studio building. It was like, you know, it was just there like all day long. And, you know, I was kind of feeling like, you know, I guess it was like overwhelmed or something. So I started making these drawings and I was thinking, and I started to like them, like of these people. They were kind of like within the rectangle. Because a lot of times when I start like making a, an idea for a painting, like I'll start just with drawing the format and then, and then try to figure out like what's going on within it. So... I thought, well, gosh, you know, I can't, like, make paintings of these things because they're just really, you know, garish and they kind of look like therapy or something. And, like, I didn't want to do that. But then, I, I, you know, I, I liked them in a way. I started thinking, I thought, well, maybe they, in some ways these things are like abstract paintings in some way like because they're so, I guess, like, so self-involved. Not that abstract painting is self-involved, but they also kind of were very structural. Like, they would kind of thought, like, be very much crammed into the space and... I started just getting all these different like ideas of different ways that people could eat themselves, and and I thought, well, then 
well, that's not enough. I'm like, well, then, so they eat themselves, so then what happens? It's like, well, then, you know, then they can sort of remake themselves, and they could remake themselves to, like, you know, whatever kind of form they wanted to be. And I think with this group of paintings, and also with the paintings of The Last Man on Earth, it was like, what they were making, would it be considered art? Because there's only kind of one audience, or there's kind of a function for what they're making. You know, like, they're, they're making their own leg or something. And I was thinking, like, oh, well, like, survival of the fittest would be, like, who's really, like, they'd have to be pretty good at making things, because otherwise they're, they're kind of screwed or something. <laughs> you know, because, like, if you make your leg and it's not really functional or not a very good leg. I don't know. So then I, I started thinking, well, then they can sort of, yeah, just, like, like make themselves to however they want to be. But then I was, th- and I was thinking about these conditions for that, like, um, well, what else what could I paint with the picture? And... And there wasn't that much because, you know, I was thinking, well, in order to, they wouldn't really need very much because they wouldn't need to travel, they wouldn't need to find food, or they wouldn't need to, you know, talk to each other because they don't need to reproduce. And it was just like all these, um, they were kind of just so autonomous. So I thought, well, maybe there could be this group that could uh, begin to try to form communities or something. Like maybe they could all try to build a building together. And then it's sort of this communal building. So like, a lot of the, the, the ideas come from like problems that will come about within the paintings. And, and that's how I end up getting a lot of information for them. What's your favorite work that you've done so far? Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I like, um, I like that painting, uh, Happy. It was a person who was completely self-made. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, it was kind of uh, purpley or something. And I like the self-portrait of... With the proud of of oh I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know it's weird after like not seeing a painting for a while because it, it it like will begin to change or sometimes I'll feel like I really hate things I've done and I feel like those feelings are like are much easier to have you know than to be like like oh that was great <laughs> but yeah no I mean that's the reason to like keep on changing and stuff. You know? I mean, how do you project sort of where you're going right now? I mean, I, I guess stylistically, where are you going? You know, I, I feel like in some ways the, you know, I, I thought before, I thought, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to make any more sorts of, like, uh, situations or narratives. Like, I want to paint, like, what's going on in the world or, you know, or, or sort of um, uh, paint things from a from my life, but now I'm starting to think of like these other sorts of situations. Like I'll end up thinking about them despite myself. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it just comes through, you know, painting. I never want to like. I, I don't feel like that I um, really paint in series, even like in a way where I'm like, okay, now I'm going to make all these paintings and they're all going to be about this. Like, I always feel like, like I kind of want to like. Um, you know, as I'm making the paintings, and then things will begin to come out and stuff. So. But do you think you're evolving in some way? Well, I definitely think that from, you know, for a while, like, like, well, in terms of palette, like, the paintings got much more saturated a few years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get really self-critical, too, you know? Like, like I, you know, I don't consider myself to be, like, an expressionist, but then, you know, it comes up. And then, and then I have this feeling where, I, you know, um, like I'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm not an expressionist. And then I'll look at the paintings, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what happened? You know, like, like, how did I get to this point? You know, but, I mean, 
And I didn't think of myself as an expressionist because I, was, I wasn't thinking about that this was like how I was feeling as I was painting, you know. It, it was more like, um, like a lot of times I'll think about like building the space in the painting or like, or, or um, you know, um, like kind of in, almost painting in a, in a descriptive way, like how do you describe this thing or, you know, or this event. And um, so, but yeah, I don't know, it's weird. I mean, I, so now I'm like having all these questions. Like I'm like, man, like, like maybe I should just like scrap everything. Like <laughs> start over. <laughs> all over. But no, I, but then I started painting again and, and then, um, you know, and then it's, I think it's like this thing of like once you get into the painting, then you, you like start responding to what's going on on the canvas. So. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing now? Or I'm painting a man with a mustache. You're painting a man with a yeah. mustache. <laughs> Tell me more about the that's man with a mustache. That's great, right? Well, I don't know. It was always that situation, like a man, and maybe that's the thing about the expressionist thing. I mean, I I, I went to Santa Fe and and because there were some paintings up in Santa Fe, I started hearing all this stuff. People saying, "Oh, like you know, like you're you're such an expressionist." I'm like, "Oh no, I'm not really." And I was thinking. Um, you know, kind of about the situation. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try to make the most expressionist painting I can make. And then I found out that it actually wasn't very expressionist at all. And I was making this man with a mustache because there's so many, you know that situation where if you wear a mustache or people who have a mustache, this is going to sound really weird. <laughs> you know, like young hip people like wear a mustache as a, to be almost ironic or something. And then they just become like the man with the mustache. So... I'm painting that man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I was, yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking about a lot of different things right now. But it's kind of an in-between time for me. Dana, you keep mentioning the audience. Mm-hmm. And you're not really talking about the audience outside of the painting. You're talking about you in relationship to the painting and the characters in the painting. So could you talk a little bit about that? That's a very yeah, interesting yeah. idea. Well, that was well. That was the situation with, um, I mean, with the last man on earth. I was sort of taking this the situation as, as, um, you know, as it, like, kind of believing in that situation. Like, so, like, if if I'm painting this man, then, you know, I'm the sort of last painter, and he's the last subject, and then that way he's kind of the only audience for these paintings in in that way. And then that way, that's why I was sort of wondering, like, well, then would they really function as art? You know, or have some other sort of function, like, like does he need them to see himself? You know, or does he need them to, um, uh, you know? And so I think so. In that, that was sort of the case with those paintings. And and then maybe yeah, maybe he needs them to exist. Like maybe that's you know, that's maybe the only way exists in a way. So. Because then it was like, because as it was going on, the, the paintings started to like splinter off. So there would be like, I would start painting like other things that could wash up from the world to that situation, like things like a record player or things that wouldn't have a function if they were broken or something. So then, then what is this object? It doesn't have a function. So, or, or I, there was a painting of um, a pile of slugs. And I, I just started thinking about painting that painting when I was going to bed one night, like kind of like this moving wall of like something kind of not very concrete. So, so then there's this division of, of like things that were observed in that situation in paintings of him, and then almost like still lives or, or things that were sort of made out of him. So it was kind of like, well, what, 
maybe maybe he doesn't exist at all. Like maybe he's just as real as the pile of slugs moving, or you know, I don't know. So I, I like I think I like that situation. Like, or I felt more free inventing things in that situation because there was no kind of like real concrete reality. And I think that I mean for me, like I feel like I can't just. I always feel like I need some starting point to make a painting, you know, like um, like something, I don't know, sometimes it's like just even a phrase or something, to like, you know, like man with a mustache is a man with a mustache or something. And then it like kind of expands, like as I'm making it. Maybe the painting's not even about that at the end, but, but you know, even the, even the sort of fictional situation of that man, like there's all these sorts of potential ways to get information for the painting. Yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the function of color in your paintings, and it sometimes to me seems to be like for a purpose, and then sometimes it seems to be more of a decorative just thing, like on the side. Right. And I'm wondering how you think about color in relationship to the building of the painting. Well, a lot of times, well, you, um, it started to become more saturated, I think, when I started making the paintings of Frank, because it was a more subjective kind of space. So a lot of times I'll use colors in a way where they'll... Um, to either describe what I'm painting or for how they react with each other. And I never think about them like literally so much, um, uh, so low. Like for example, like a painting of like a, a poisoned man, like a man who's been poisoned. Like I'm thinking about like how his, his skin could um, turn out. So I was thinking, okay, like what, what color is like really sick or something. And, and there's like these kinds of like ochres or, or um, greens or like like even like when veins kind of like react with that and they're kind of purple or something or, or certain kinds of purples feel like really cold and um and kind of sick or something and so th that became um like the decisions to begin making those so i think i think you're i mean i think it was like kind of what you're saying like there's this mix like i think sometimes um it can be like i'll use color to like sort of activate a space or make it sort of more spatial or it'll be to sort of describe, or, or more flat, you know, or, or it'll be to sort of describe the subject or, or the state of the painting. Yeah? Uh, with the people eating themselves, is it um, a metaphor or a symbol for something specific, or is it more open to interpretation? It's pretty, it's open for interpretation. <laughs> okay. I mean, because I figure, I mean, in some ways, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think about it as open for interpretation. I mean, they're kind of like, well, there's the, the you know, the cliche, you are what you eat kind of thing, <laughs> if it turns it in on itself. But, like, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think of them like sort of these self-consuming things. I started thinking about them initially, like, thinking, oh, like, you know, maybe, like, what kind of people are these people? Are they, like, are they compulsive or kind of manic or something? Or, but then I started to feel like maybe they have no idea that they're even doing it because they can't even see themselves as something separate from the outside world or something. Like maybe they have no... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think when... Um, I think definitely when they started to like build the building together and try to reconstruct things, I was thinking about maybe contemporary situations, but I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about the idea of desperation? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to... They could be desperate. <laughs> well, I mean, I think with the situation with the self-eaters, like, like uh, making was, was this sort of necessity, you know? Like, they had to make themselves to exist, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, 
you know, I, I, I almost, I never even really think of them as like so like narrative so much because I don't know if I actually get like really like what is narrative painting. But I think that they kind of set up situations where there could be a cause or or an, like a um, effect, like even if it's like an, in a really sort of limited way within the painting. And I think those sort of tensions, um, you know, um, like something's about to happen, something could be happening. You know, so maybe something's desperate to happen. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah? Your career's kind of exploded in the past couple of in the past years, and I was wondering if that's a sort of double edged sword because the art world is a marketplace, and I was wondering if there's a lot of pressure to sort of maintain your brand as a sort of successful young Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, um, I think where it gets bad is when people stop seeing the work for what it is and people start seeing the system outside of it. Like in my everyday life, it's, it's really nice because I mean, I mean, I, 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 I kind of like, I see all the people who, I have like this community around and so I don't really uh, think about that because it's, I mean, it's like I can't control it anyway, you know, so I mean, I mean maybe that was the thing with expressionist painting too because it, it gets so attached to that kind of system and it wasn't like that you know, five years ago. And that's not my concern in making the paintings at all, but if people stop seeing the things that are going on in the paintings, then, you know, I feel like kind of conflicted, like maybe is that something I should take on, even if it means despite the work. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't know, I, I think it's, in, in, it's really, I don't let it bother me too much. It's not important for my process, so like I don't, you know, think about it. Everything still feels the same, like we're, I mean, kind of. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm here on the stage. It's just weird. <laughs> no, but I mean, things like, you know, like, I, I still see, like, you know, my friends and, like, we talk about art. Like, we don't talk about, like, the art market, you know. Yeah. Going back to Maitre's first question this evening oh, yeah. about the creative block. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, thinking back to that, what do you think you'll do first thing tomorrow morning? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to that man and the mustache. <laughs> and, and it's the horizon's not working out. So I'm going to I'm going to move. I'm going to move that tonight, like late tonight. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's really hard. I mean, the questions are like, "Oh, what are you working on now?" Cuz I feel like I'm in that moment where I, I you know, I really want to you know, where things are are shifting around. So like, I don't know. But I'm just going to go paint, you know. <laughs> I'm excited to paint. I like a lot of, um, I'm interested in, I like, like the Cobra group or like, like Kandinsky, like I was sort of thinking of like, like European abstract painting, because I mean, I thought, sort of interested in that because it wasn't so overdetermined. Like I, I feel like a, a lot of um, abstract painting in America like may have been, you know, it becomes, well, it's only overdetermined if you read it that way, but I mean, I kind of liked how, um, you know, like, how these paintings weren't necessarily aiming to sort of define themselves, but but like talking about um, other sensations, like whether they were trying to like uh, represent music or or had um, I don't know. I've been thinking about those paintings a lot, like sort of European abstract paintings from the turn of the century. <laughs> it's, 
stuff. Can you talk a little bit about your technical process in terms of, you mentioned kind of conception of uh, coming up with words that sort of inspire you or adages and so forth, but in terms of turning that into bitch, is there a process of making sketches or do you just begin painting and see what develops or, or what sort of more uh, uh, technical, I guess? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, um, when I make sketches, they're not like, like sort of finished drawing sketches. They're, they're kind of really rough, like, you know, trying to figure out how things sit um, in the format of the painting, or like, you know, like how big should a head be, or, or something. And um, so, yeah, I think. And but you know, when I'm starting uh, painting, a lot of times I'll start like with a, a wash or something on the ground, and then like, um, and I'll I'll sort of mix a lot of colors beforehand, like maybe like 50, because I don't like to stop when I'm painting, and and I kind of like that, you know. Um, and then, and then I'll, then I'll like, um, and then I'll like kind of respond to those and, and mix other colors um, and like change them, you know, if they're not working. So like the, um, and then I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of times I'll like kind of like I'll put something down and then I'll build something on top of it. So it's almost like a kind of really uh, logical kind of building of things. So. May began the interview by asking you how you started your day, and you mentioned talk radio. And <laughs> that, in relation to your comments, which were very interesting about Michael Jackson being the self-made Frankenstein, really, which, you know, it, it has been talked about in the general population as well. Yeah. And so I'm just curious as to how talk radio, when you're painting seeps into your characters or if it does, if there's sort of like this sort of unconscious general malaise that, you know, you incorporate and then use to take characters apart or put them back together. Well, for uh, what's well, weird, because I, I, now that I think about it, I, I only listen to sort of talk radio when I'm mixing paint. So it's to be kind of like if I'm like really bored, <laughs> I'll be listening to the but then I listen to music, you know, like when I'm painting, like all the time. Like really loud music. Um, I don't know. I mean, I sort of got that. I mean, it depends on like how I'm feeling. Like when I'm painting, like if I want to listen to something really fast, like um, I don't know. What was I listening to before I left here? Was um, the Shaky Hands? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but like, like I'll listen to like I had this um, that sort of post punk. CD that was really great to paint too. That was fun. You just heard Dana Schutz, interviewed by short story writer Mei Chin. For streaming videos, web exclusive interviews, and more, check out bombsite.com.